The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Stick with us for the programme, please. But also remember that if you do want to hear and you missed it yesterday, the tribute that we played to Sinead O'Connor just after half past four, it's about 25 minutes long. It's available as a podcast to download from the TFM website or wherever it is you get your podcasts. And I think if you have any interest in Sinead O'Connor and her life story, it's all in her own words, her own music, her own speeches, her own interviews. And I think if you missed it yesterday, it's something that we would very much like if you get an opportunity to listen to it at some later stage. Let's start though with one of the stories of the week has been policing in Dublin and it has been announced that the Guardi are going to get an extra 10 million euro to increase overtime in Dublin between now and the end of the year. Brendan O'Connor, President of the Guardi Representative Association, even if that additional overtime is available to your members, do you think, are they going to be interested in actually signing up for it? Uh, Matt, well, first of all, we have to welcome any additional resources, but certainly as you say there, We'd be very. Um, we we just don't believe that this will really make much difference because what we're hearing about is a lot of overtime shifts that are available at the minute that aren't being filled because our members, for the various reasons that have been well articulated in recent times, are simply uh, not willing to do more overtime and to give up more of their spare time because they're already under pressure, they're already um, overburdened and overworked. So it's the same pool of people. And overtime is not a solution because we, the problem is we don't have enough guards. So asking the few that there are to do more isn't a solution. So while we welcome the, uh, the availability of resources, I don't believe that it will really overcome the issue that's, that's at hand. Yeah, is it potentially sort of a gesture to, oh, look, we're making the money available. You know, there's overtime available while knowing at the same time that it's not necessarily likely to be fully or even partially taken up. Yeah, I think well, the government has to be seen to do something about the, the chronic shortage of Gardaí and, and the crisis in frontline police. And so I suppose it's a step towards that. But it, it, it's putting a sticking plaster on a very, very open and festering wound. So as I say, we won't, I don't think it will have that much impact um, when the problems are in there. And, you know, people people in those busy city centre stations are the ones that are suffering. They were, the, the, the figures showed this week that actually the North Central Division, for which is the north inner city, had the biggest drop in frontline members. So, um, as I say, unfortunately, a, a very small gesture and we don't, we're not convinced it will make any major impact on the situation, unfortunately. What are the overall garden numbers now and how do they compare with maybe, say, three years ago? Um, the numbers are actually down pre-COVID. I don't have the actually up-to-date figures, but certainly we are uh, at least, the, the Minister alluded today in her in Tampa more that we're not even meeting meet, meeting the targets for recruitment that this year we won't will not see the thousand guards recruited that we expected to see and they're hoping that perhaps next year they will see the thousand but that's what actually the GRA and why is that do you think because there was an enormous advertising campaign to try and persuade people to apply to join on Garda Shikona why do you think has that failed well, I think that, first of all, the terms and conditions of employment, particularly the pensions, aren't what they used to be, which has meant that guard, the, the, a lifelong career in the guard isn't particularly attractive, it would appear to young um, graduates and people starting out in their career. And uh, we see the overall, just the conditions of employment, the, the type of uh, incidents we're talking about, the assaults on our members, just a general sense of dissatisfaction. It doesn't seem to be a workplace that the people who are there are particularly happy and isn't attracting new people into it. Talk to me about the rosters, because this seems to be a major issue, which some Guardi are telling us could actually, if changed, make things even worse, even if people aren't particularly happy with what's in place at present. 
Yes, Matt, as you say, the, the, the current situation is that Gardaí are working a shift pattern that they were moved on to during the pandemic to provide additional visibility and have more Gardaí available at any given time. So that um, roster, is the, it's probably the only good thing that has happened in recent years, if you talk to most Gardaí, that the, for some reason our members are reasonably happy with that shift pattern. How, sorry, so how does it work? Can you explain the shift pattern to us, please? It's, it's, it's a very simple shift pattern. It's two 12-hour early shifts followed by two 12-hour night shifts. So you have four consecutive shifts, and it, it's referred to as a four-on, four-off, but I suppose that's not really accurate because if you've worked till 7 o'clock this morning, um, I would hardly call today a day off, but it's four-on, four-off. And it's a very simple shift pattern that repeats regularly. So it allows people who are uh, traveling long distances, maybe that are waiting on transfers, that are our station would want to be to have good time off. And um, it's just, it's very regular and it's very, it, it repeats itself. It's very simple for planning family and childcare and stuff like that. And when there are two guardy in, in the family working opposite each other, it seems to work. So our members are, I wouldn't say, look, it's shift work, it's shift work, but it's reasonably popular and people want to stay on that. Okay, so but what are, you, is, what are you going back to? The commissioner's going back to a, 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 a shift pattern, which involves six consecutive 10-hour shifts followed by four, well, one mandatory rest day and then four rest days. So um, it's six six working days followed by four rest periods rather than four on, four off. So, look, it is the agreed roster. It's, it's, it's the one that governs our workplace that we had in advance of COVID that we're going back to. But certainly our members, it's, it's not a proper one. It's one that we were trying to find an alternative at negotiations. And um, we didn't. We were unsuccessful. So, but the commissioner. But the strange thing is, is that the Garda commissioner wrote to the Garda Representative Association last year saying that a return to the six to, to this particular pattern was not viable due to then to the shortage in, in Gardaí that it would to, to implement this roster would actually impact on the investigation of crime and the availability of members particularly he referenced domestic violence and having to close down drug units to facilitate a return to that particular shift pattern and now uh, we, I think we have 400 less members now than we had when he wrote that letter and uh, we've been told we are going back onto that so it's, it's a little bit confusing for our members as to why this this move at this particular time and for the issues I alluded to there that the sense of disillusionment among the workforce and uh, to, to choose to implement something that's very unpopular probably is the straw that broke the camel's back in relation to the motion that was moved there during the week. Yeah you've had a motion in all confidence in the Garda Commissioner Drew Harris but what does that actually mean? What impact does it have? Well the impact and the effect I suppose will, will depend on the result. We're not going to preempt that but uh, the, the feedback from our representatives and our national executive was that our members wanted to have a say about their dissatisfaction about how they're being treated, how their genuine concerns in relation to their conditions of employment and, and the organisation they're part of are simply not listened to, how issues, really core issues like uh, training and the availability of members and, and their health and safety and their well-being are impacting on them. And uh, they really are, I would say, at the level of dissatisfaction they're demanding action from the GRA because they see that our efforts to to engage and address these issues are, are not bearing fruit. And despite highlighting the issues, there is no appetite on the official side to actually address them. So I thought it was interesting there. One of the huge bugbears of our members is training. And in the headlines there, you're talking about court cases in relation to a high-profile case there and the swearing of a warrant. Our members in many divisions have had no classroom training in the last 10 years at least. So, you know... It, Playing videos on, on, on a video uh, on a computer screen in a busy guard station with radios in the background during shift work is no substitute for sitting down, teasing out 
uh, classroom scenarios, talking about the legal implications and experiences. So, you know, policing is a profession. It's a very important the decisions that our members make in relation to things like swearing information for warrants are crucial. You cannot learn that stuff from watching the video. And in, in other failings in the past, there's been reports into the Garda organisation and what went wrong. And one of the things highlighted was the dumping of information on the portal as an alternative training. And that was highlighted in the Crow Howard report. Okay, Brendan, just a couple of quick things to finish off that have come up from listeners over the last few weeks. Is there a sense of frustration at times amongst the Garda that you would have... Uh, you would seek conviction, you would go bring somebody to court and then they get a soft or non-sentence. We've even seen today in one very high-profile case recently, somebody sentenced to a prison sentence last week of two years and has been released from prison within a week. Well, of course, we're not in a position to comment on individual cases. And the, All right, we'll the, leave that the, one aside, but overall... But, Overall, no, what we would say, the overall picture is, Matt, that individuals who are involved in criminality and antisocial behaviour don't seem to fear any penalty or any repercussions. So our members really are on the back foot when it comes to policing because when they go out there and try and enforce the law, um, the penalties don't seem to reflect and people have no fear of an adverse consequence for them. So that's just part, one of the many factors that are frustrating and making our members feel ineffective and disincentivizing. Well, guards are, are demoralized and disincentivized from going out there and doing their job because they don't feel supported by mostly by our own work structures and by our own management. But yes, sometimes the they, 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 we're not questioning the wisdom of judges, but certainly it would appear that some of the sentences handed them, but of course, do not reflect the work and the effort that goes in from our members. And one final one: Would you have any difficulty with increasing or lifting the recruitment age? I think it's thirty-four at present. Is it? Um, the GRA acknowledges there's a serious problem, and we want to find a solution. And wherever we can find recruits. Uh, we will look at, but it's important that standards are maintained. So, you know, a lot of the high-profile stuff like um, that we're talking about, antisocial behaviour, aggressive young people, stuff that maybe older people might not be, and not being ages, but maybe just as the nature of policing, but certainly it's worth looking at. There's plenty of roles for people and it's, it's a very broad organisation and there's roles for everyone, but certainly we're, we're willing to look at any solutions and work with management to work to and, and deliver extra guardian on the feed for our, on the brief for our hard-pressed members. Thank you very much, Brendan O'Connor, President of the Garda Representative Association. The last word with Matt Cooper. Today FM, it all happens here.